How's everyone doing? Good, good. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Um, it is so good to be with you this morning. And we are in a series, and I have found myself in a series, in a series. Do you know what I'm saying? So I found myself in a, we're in a series called Journey to the Upper Room. But as we started talking about spiritual gifts, I found myself in a series, in a series. And so we're going to take some weeks to unpack all the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. And last week, we looked at what Paul calls the word of knowledge and word of wisdom. And this week, we're going to look at the gift of faith. How many of you are ready to dig into God's word? Yeah? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, last week, I had this very unique moment. I'm going to share a bit today and share some testimonies and stories, and, and we'll get into the word, of course, as well. But um, just in following up with what Brandon and Marcy have been talking about, um, it reminded me that you might think that we are super confident people up here, and you'd be fooled. I have found that ministry is always doing things scared. The Lord is looking for individuals, and if you read the Bible, he's looking for individuals who say, yes, I'm willing. Not the super gifted, not the super educated, not the super charismatic, not those with great personality, but those who are willing to say yes. So the question I want you to ask yourself, especially today as we talk about the gift of faith, is am I willing to say yes? Last week, as I was sharing in my message about a word of knowledge, I actually had a created story that I shared with you. I don't know if you were here last week, but I shared about this middle-aged woman that was in inner healing, and I was taken back in this picture I had for this, this woman to when she was six years old in a red dress swinging on the playground. Does anyone remember that? Now, that story was a made-up story to give you an example of what a word of knowledge might look like if you ever had one. And as I was sharing this made-up story in the service, I started crying. Do you remember that? More, more people remember that, yes. I was crying about a made-up story about an individual who I didn't think existed. Well, after the service, as it, as it goes, I, I totally missed it. But after the service, I had a few people come up to me and say, you know, Joel, I think that's, that was a real word of knowledge. And I was like, you don't say. Yeah, it probably was. Um, probably five people said that to me. Again, a word of knowledge, what is it? A word of knowledge is information that you receive directly from God uh, for yourself or for someone else that you didn't know beforehand, right? So at night, we had an encounter night. And so the same thing is, is bugging me. I wonder who the person is. Maybe that really was a real word of knowledge. So uh, Greg Nelson came up to me during the, the service and he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, remember that story you told this morning, the fake story about the little girl in the red dress swinging on the playground, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah. He goes, I think she's here. I'm like, okay. So I shared. I said, okay, is, and I shared the whole word again. And there was about 60 people there. And a woman stood up, and she came forward. And she said, I am that little girl at six years old, wearing the red dress, 
I used to leave my home because there was lots of violence happening in the house. And I would walk across the street to the playground and I would swing on the swing. Words of knowledge are going to become so normal for us that we're gonna trip over them. God so desires to use you that he will accidentally use you. <laughs> he will accidentally speak to you. And I was reminded this week of, of other times when this happened in my own life. And I'm only sharing these in my own life because this is what's possible for all of us. My deepest hope and desire in teaching on spiritual gifts is that the skeptical would become curious and the comfortable and the familiar would become convicted. My hope is that as we talk about spiritual gifts, that you would see what is possible that God wants to do in and through your life. That as we chase after Jesus, as we chase after who he is in our relationship with him, spiritual gifts will follow your life. We're not just chasing after the gifts, we're chasing after Jesus. Y'all are a little uptight today. You feel it? But what makes us uptight? I think what makes us uptight is that, oh man, God really wants to use me. I think that's what makes us uptight. The more you talk about this, Joel, the more I think I'm going to have to be used by God and the more scared I get. We lose sight of the fact that spiritual gifts are gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're not your own talent. They're not your own effort. They're not your own personality. They're not your own education. In fact, when you run out, Holy Spirit steps in. Faith is necessary to move in spiritual gifts, and the gift of faith is necessary for seeing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Faith is necessary. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11, and I'll, I read this passage last week, but I'll read it again. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit as he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Everybody say, same spirit. Again, what Paul is addressing in this passage was in the church in Corinth, they associated different gifts with different spirits. 
And what Paul is saying is, is it's all one and the same spirit. Now, if we extend that theology to our own lives, we have the Holy Spirit. And because we have the Holy Spirit, we have capacity, ability within us for all nine manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are six prophetic gifts or revelatory gifts in this list. And there are three power gifts. The three power gifts are faith, which we'll talk about today, healing, and creative miracles. Now, the gift of faith is the gift of the Holy Spirit. What I want to talk about today is that the gift of faith is different from other categories of faith that you might be used to. Here at Northside, we want to be faith-filled. We believe that God continues to speak. We believe that God continues to heal today. We believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And faith is the belief in what God can do. Not in what we've experienced, not in what we've seen, not in what we've heard, but in what God can do. Faith is typically understood in these categories. You have them on your notes there. Number one is doctrinal faith. Doctrinal faith is the belief in the Trinity, the belief in Jesus' humanity, Jesus' divinity, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. This is what we base our salvation on. Doctrinal faith typically includes five fundamentals. Biblical inerrancy. That Jesus took our place on the cross. The fancy term there is substitutionary atonement. Thirdly, the virgin birth, the resurrection of Christ, and he is coming back. All of this is considered doctrinal faith. This is the belief that God is fully human, fully God, and he, he does what he says. He was resurrected. The second type of faith is providential faith. Providential faith means that God is sovereign and God is good. Providential faith, we might believe that God will work this through for my good. I believe that everything is going to work out for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. This providential faith is the belief that whatever it is that I'm going through, it's going to be okay. How many of you have experienced that in your life? Yeah. Thirdly, this is an exciting measure of faith or category of faith. This is called expectant faith. Not only do I believe that Jesus is God, not only do I believe that everything is going to work out for my good, but expectant faith means I believe this is going to happen. Like right now. Like someone could get healed right now. Expectant faith expects God to intervene in the situation in the here and now. This is the kind of faith that we possess. This is the kind of faith we grow. This is the kind of faith we activate. How many of you have experienced expectant faith? Yeah. We've seen God move. 
Now, the fourth kind that I want to talk about today is the gift of faith. This is different from the previous three. You see, the gift of faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you a measure of faith where you believe that you believe that you believe that you believe this is going to happen. Now, for a moment, I want to talk about what faith is not. Faith is not psychological certainty. Faith is not name it, claim it. Faith is not any other New Age concept that you come across. What does New Age faith look like? Oprah Winfrey had this article that I read the other day, and it was on a very popular belief called manifesting. And I thought it's very interesting that I'm going to share this while we're talking about the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. How many of you heard this term of manifesting what you want in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Manifest what you want in your life, right? This is what the article said. How to manifest anything you desire, even love and money. Essentially, manifestation is this, bringing something tangible into your life through attraction and belief. If you think it, it will come. The problem with this kind of faith is that we've replaced God with ourselves. The problem with this kind of faith is it is absent of God and we place ourselves at the center of it all. And as I talked about a few weeks ago, our soul desires the acts of the flesh. So to manifest anything we want, the biggest danger and my biggest worry if you practice manifesting is that you will get what you want. Because along with getting what you want, you'll get the wrong spirit as well. If you practice meditating on things that you want to the point where it's literally a spiritual exercise of you trying to bring something into existence that isn't there and you are the center of it all apart from God, you could receive a demon. I'm not talking about goal setting. I'm not talking about, you know, writing out your life goals or what you want to accomplish this year. I just wanted to bring a slight correction because faith is not manifesting. Faith is I believe in what God wants for my life. Not what I want. And the gift of faith is a supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit that he gives to us at times where we know something is going to happen because God wants it to happen. I remember a few years ago, I woke up one day and I was just taking a shower, getting ready for church, and I was coming in to speak that Sunday And as I'm just going through my rinse, lather routine, um, the Lord says, there's someone at the church with a broken left ankle. Word of knowledge in the shower. So I thought to myself, oh, that's interesting. I'm sure somebody will pray for them. (laughs) 
And God's like, no, I, I want you to pray for this person. I want you to actually stand up at the front and I want you to say, is anybody here have a, a broken left ankle? And then he's like, and, and furthermore, there's ligament damage. I said, I'm not doing that. I said, but if you remind me again during the service of this exact thing, then I'll do it. Scared. I come to church. I come up here. What do you think happens? God reminds me. So I, I stood up here and I said, is there anyone here that has a broken left ankle? And one of our greeters, I didn't even realize this, one of our greeters was sitting down in the back. Everyone else was actually standing because it was that transition time between worship. And, and so the greeter, she was sitting down at the back. And I was like, I didn't even mention the ligament because it was just too specific because I was scared. So I said, I'm broken. And you're in pain. And she was in so much pain, she couldn't stand up. When I said, does anyone have a broken left ankle? And she said me, literally, I don't know how this happens, but what fell into my mind and my spirit was I knew she was gonna be healed. Absolutely 100%. So I, I walked off the stage in that moment and I'm like, and you have ligament damage as well. And she said, my ligament is detached. I walked over, she's sitting, there was seats right there. And I looked at her and I said, get up and walk. <laughs> this is not me, believe me. And she stood up pain-free and walked. Thank you, Jesus, yeah. The problem was that was years ago. And we gotta get back at it. So, why do I share that? Because you're like, but that's you. Like, you're the pastor. Every time it is nerve-wracking. Every time we are putting our entire reputation out there, that's the way it feels. But God told me a long time ago, you are not responsible for results, you are responsible for obedience. Now it doesn't always happen that way. It doesn't always, it's not always a gift of faith. Sometimes it's expectant faith. Sometimes it's that providential faith. Sometimes it's just doctrinal faith. Like, I've read this in the Bible, so it, it existed at some point in history. And what happens is, is you kind of move along the journey from doctrinal faith. I read about it in the Bible. I saw Jesus do it, so I know that it's somehow possible. Jesus operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then Matthew 10, 8, Jesus says to the disciples, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. Then we have Paul talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the early church, saying that people are going to be healed through the laying on of hands. You know, we have the early church practicing this, so we, we know 
doctrinally that it exists, unless you're John MacArthur, doctrinally it's pretty clear in the Bible that it exists. And then you kind of move along the journey and you enter into providential faith. Okay, I think God is going to work this through for good. And then you move along the journey and where you want to get to is that expectant faith. I expect God to move here, now, in this moment. And I'll tell you, every once in a while you get the gift of faith moments, but that, those aren't always the moments. There's a famous story of a missionary named George Mueller in Bristol, England. He had an orphanage. He had 300 orphans that he was taking care of. He'd wake up in the morning and he didn't know if they had food or not. One morning, it says he woke up. He had the 300 kids get dressed. And I'll read you the story. The house mother of the orphanage informed George, the children are dressed and ready for school, but there's no food for them to eat. So George asked that she take the 300 children into the dining room and have them sit down at the tables. He thanked God for the food and waited. There was no food. George knew God would provide food for the children as he always did. Within minutes, a baker knocked at the door. Mr. Mueller, he said. Last night, I could not sleep. Somehow, I knew that you would need bread this morning. So I got up and I baked three batches for you. I'll bring it in. Soon, there was another knock at the door. It was the milkman. His cart had broken down in front of the orphanage. The milk would spoil by the time the wheel was fixed. He asked George if he could use some free milk. George smiled as the milkman brought in 10 large cans of milk. It was just enough for the 300 thirsty children. Gift of faith is sitting down at a table with no food for you and your family and praying and thanking God for the food. Talk to Pastor Rose about that story. She tells me a story in her own family when they did that too. When they didn't have enough, they would sit down. Actually, she tells it this way. Pastor Rose says that they would put the, the water on. They would boil the water and they would wait for the, the door to ring. It's true. Thank you, sister. See, that's, that's the kind of faith that we want. And this is initiated by the Holy Spirit. Well, let's get into the Bible since we're most of the way through this sermon. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. 
Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave, him it, gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. Because we're pastors. <laughs> Just making sure you're still with me. Silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. You know, isn't that interesting? We always have something to give. What we have to give might be way more powerful than what a person might expect. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You could see this from a few different areas of faith. See, expectant faith versus gift of faith, okay? Expectant faith is that Peter and John thought this guy could be healed. Like God can heal, and and this man, even though he was lame from birth, think about this, he was lame from birth. He was carried to the temple every single day to to beg. Healing wasn't even in his mind. Expectant faith would be God can heal this person. But Peter walks over to the man and grabs him by the hand. He has not walked since birth. And Peter grabs his hand and just helps him up. Now notice the series of events. Maybe this is just the way it's written, but the series of events seems to be this. He took him by the right hand first. He helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. This is the gift of faith is you will be healed today. You will be healed today. And as he is lifting this man up to his feet, his ankles and his legs become strong. And then it says that the man went walking and jumping and praising God. He went walking. Because he was physically healed. He was jumping because he was emotionally healed. He was praising God because he was spiritually healed. This is called tri dimensional healing. Often, as we pray with people, again, in inner healing sessions, is we recognize there's more than just one area that needs to be healed. Sometimes things show up as physical pain, but they're actually related to stress or related to trauma or related to something else in someone's life. This is a great example and something we see often where there are multiple dimensions to healing that must occur. Because if you've been sick for a long time, if any of you have been sick for a long time and you've been journeying, that journey is not just physical. 
That journey is mental, that journey is emotional, that spiritual, it's, oh God, are you there? Doubt sets in, the, the pain makes it all too real, the discouragement makes it all too real, and we carry these burdens with ongoing physical pain and physical illness that is way more than just physical, right? Am I ever gonna have a child? Right, those questions settle in. At this church, we believe in the authentic gifts of the Holy Spirit with verifiable evidence. <laughs> I have to add that in there because there's nothing wrong with verifiable evidence. In fact, Jesus said to the man that he cured with leprosy, go and show yourself to the priest. I'll close with this story from Luke. Jesus met a man covered in leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he fell down with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came near to him to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. The reason that Jesus said to him, be clean and not be healed, is because lepers would have been isolated, they would have been considered unclean, and the priests would be the ones to declare this. So the church declares someone is unclean. And that person is rejected from society, rejected from coming to church, from being in community because they're unclean. Because anyone that an unclean person touches becomes unclean. So Jesus looks at this man and he says, be clean. The man was healed physically, but can you imagine how he felt emotionally? To be able to go to the priest and say, I want my clean papers. <laughs> Diagnose me as healed so I can re-enter society. A lot bigger deal. It's kind of like COVID, right? When you had COVID, you had to be isolated. Well, way back when. Now I don't think they care anymore. But you remember when you first got COVID, like the first time out of 10 times? You remember that a few years ago? And you had to be isolated. Like people slide food under the door to you. Remember that? Like in solitary confinement with COVID. But oh, that day you tested negative. It's like coming out. I'm coming out. I'm back in society, baby. This is awesome. Well, can you imagine what it was like back then for you to be totally disconnected from your family, from your friends, from your church, declared unclean? This man received healing way deeper than just the surface. Way deeper than just the leprosy. In a few weeks, I'll spend a bit more time on the biblical basis for healing and the gift of healing because it requires a lot more time. 
But I'd like to pray for us and then um, we're going to have communion together. And I'll share what that's going to look like this morning. Let's bow our heads and, and close our eyes and connect with the Lord in prayer. Father, we all need a greater measure of faith. Not only do we need a greater measure of expectant faith, Lord, providential faith, doctrinal faith, but we need a gift of faith, Lord. A gift of faith that the Holy Spirit pours out upon us that we would have faith for the impossible situations in our life. I pray even now, Holy Spirit, that you would pour out that faith here in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. As I was praying, I thought of another situation because the gift of faith is not just for healing. But I remember when Sonia and I bought our, the place we're at now. And I remember it was in the summer, it was in August, and we had looked at the property and we like looked at it on a Friday and we were putting an offer in on the Monday. And I remember that we were wrestling with like, okay, but we need to sell our home that we lived in at the time, which was in this, in this neighborhood. Like we need to sell our home, right, to move to this new home. It's called subject to sale. You put it on most of your contracts, unless you're an idiot, which you'll see, which you'll see in a moment who I'm talking about. But I was sitting there and I was wrestling with this in my mind and I'm like, but God, I know this property is for us. But it was a bidding war, and so they said to us, the only way that we're going to accept the offer is if you remove the subject to sale of your current home. What would a rational person do? What would a logical person do? What would a wise person do? Wouldn't do it, right? But how many know that fear disguises itself as wisdom? Fear disguises itself as wisdom sometimes. So I went for a run at three o'clock in the morning in Coquitlam. You should try it. It's so cool. There's no one on the road. Totally empty streets. I remember this like it was yesterday. I came back from the run. I sat down on the front porch in Coquitlam and God said Joel if fear was not an option what would you do it's like Joel you can make a decision but you can't use fear what would you do buy the house Right? No fear. So what did we do? We did that. Then we had to sell our house. And of course, it sold in perfect timing. 
Like, I'm not special. Sonia and I aren't, oh, well, you're the pastors. You're the pastor couple, so God will bless you more than me. No, I'm just foolish enough to trust God. And so when I talk about the gift of faith, it is not just for healing. It is in areas of impossibility that the Holy Spirit comes in and gives you that faith. And as we celebrate communion, I'm going to invite the greeters forward. And the way we're going to have communion is there will be a greeter with the juice and the cracker throughout the sanctuary. And then you will get up and go to the one closest to you. And we also have gluten-free option um, at the front, right here. And what we're going to do is you're going to have a time of personal communion with the Lord. And so as you receive the communion, go back to your chair. Just pray to the Lord. Maybe something came up in your heart, in your mind this morning. Go back to your chair and just spend communion with Jesus this morning. And so you'll see that the the greeters will be throughout the sanctuary. And I'll pray over the elements now. Jesus, your body broken for us. Jesus, your blood shed for us. And our faith, Jesus, is in what you say, it's in what you do. It's the scriptures we read, testimonies of your faithfulness, God. As we share this time of communion with you, Lord, I pray. I pray for a gift of faith. Holy Spirit, that you would pour out a greater measure of faith in our lives as we bring our impossibilities to the God of the possible this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.